0: Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. I'm going to have you do something a little bit different there in the back. We did... uh coupled songs that are very familiar and then we did some choruses within those songs. I want you to go back to the Just As I Am chorus. We all know just as I am without one plea. And this chorus is go to the little bridge or whatever that was sung in there. I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. It says, I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb and I'm welcomed with open arms. Praise God, just as I am. I don't know if when you sung those songs, I know if you really just stop and listen, but we always sing that song, just as I am, without one plea. But that's who we are. We're broken, then we need healing. We're wounded and we need we need mended back together. We are guilty and we needed to be pardoned. And the pardoning was by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb, that I am able to be welcomed with open arms. And then I want to go back or go to the next song or the two songs, whatever we just did, was It Is Well with My Soul. If you've been here for the last few weeks, I have been trying to stress so much. It is not about earth. It is not about the 75-ish years that we may be lucky to live. It is not about that. It is about eternity. It's not the grave. The goal is not how much I can amass and how much I can do and, and what I can do in my time here on earth and, and how what I can leave my children and all of those things. No, the sky is the goal. Eternity is our goal. And then the next part of that, it says... I'm going to get excited. We're not even started yet. Oh, trump of the angel, O oh, voice of the Lord. Blessed hope, blessed rest, oh, my soul. And we know that last verse. We could sing it again. I thought about it. And the Lord haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. I love the set of music this morning. I play, pray that you were encouraged and... Challenged in it, but as we wrap up this book, First Timothy, many of you have been throughout the entire time, but we have gone from, we've hit, after today, we'll have hit every single verse in First Timothy. And I pray that it's been an encouragement to you. I pray that it's been something that you've been able to study and and learn from on your own, even beyond just what we're doing here. But as we go into these last two verses this morning, verse number 20 and 21 of chapter number 6, wrapping up all of Timothy, we started last week kind of uh, Paul's kind of conclusion to Timothy, as he was writing this letter, and we, we spoke last week, and if you're with us, it was I kind of entitled these two-part uh, two Truth and Treasure," and we dealt with the handling of the treasure, the handling of, of finances and all of those things a little bit last or last week. And today we go uh, really even a little bit more important, I believe, obviously, as we look into the Word of God, but how are we to handle the Word of God? as we look back in chapter number three. In verse number 15, Paul, again writing, says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, and it says this, The pillar and ground of the truth. Church, this morning, we are to be, this place is to be the pillar of, and ground the foundation for the Word of God, for the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God in our lives, and we we've, we've say these things, but the church is to cling on to the Word of God. The church is to trust in Christ and that His Word is His revelation to you and I. His Word, the Word of God, it says, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces. His Word divides. His Word is living. His Word is powerful. The Word of God is to be proclaimed, and not only all of the things that we've spoke of, and not that it's only to be proclaimed, but His Word is to be preserved, His Word is to be protected, His Word is to be guarded, and that we would stand back and we would hand it off to the next generation, a pure and a holy Word of God. I'm afraid too often in the churches today, we have, we have kind of... Dirty, made it muddy, the word of God. Just in the last few weeks, one of the most well-known men that stand behind of a pulpit in America and it ticks me off. He proclaimed from his pulpit to thousands of people and all around the world that you cannot stand on the word of God. And that should get every one of us. The problem is, all thousands of those people are in his pews this morning. It should fire us up. We should know the word. We should love the word. And this morning, as I sit here, I I, I stewed over that for a week. I read the whole transcript, and he said. We can stand on the resurrection of God. We can stand on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But our new generation, they don't want the Word of God because it isn't all true. Listen this morning. From Revelation to Genesis to Genesis to Revelation, every word is God-inspired. Every word in it, we should take and hold on to it like we never had anything before. Every word of it. And this morning, too many times, we've taken the Word of God... And it's not about the preaching of the Word of God inside of a sermon. It's about how good the music is or how bad the music is. It is about how good the teen program is or how good the children's program is. It is about whether the pastor is the right CEO type of a leader. It is about all of these things. No, I will be judged not based on how large this congregation is. I will be judged based on how I handled the truth of the Word of God men you will be judged by how you're handling of the truth of the word of god in your home it is important we stood here just a few moments ago and i shared some of the things of where our nation is listen if we stand firm on the word of god there's not many truths in our culture today would you agree truth has been thrown out the window there are no absolutes anymore We can't even say that you're male or female. The most basic of scientific truths that we have, you ask college students today and they say, well, that may offend somebody. No, there's no offense. Science says I'm male or female. That should be absolute. But it's not anymore. More than ever. More than ever. You and I, as a believer, need to stand on the truth of the Word of God. And in a day and age where you may get made fun of, one of our children here at this school, and I don't know the story, one of our children asked a little girl at school just this week, third or fourth grade, what grade, what was it? Wasn't it, who, Ethan? Ethan? Fourth grade, asked the little kid if they went to school, a little girl, and she said, go to hell, God is dead. Fourth grade. I praise God that one of our little kids is asking other kids in school if they go to church or not. But a fourth grade kid, go to hell, God is dead. That's a scary day because that's what our next generation is. Now, I don't know where that girl will end. Lord willing, she'll find Christ at some point in her life. Lord willing, her parents who are teaching her that would find Christ. But this is gone now. This morning, man, I was not inspecting all this. This morning, God's word, we have to hold tight. Psalms 119, 161 says, My heart standeth in awe of thy word. Isaiah 66, 2. For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. What does it say? And trembleth at my word. Listen, we don't tremble too often anymore at the word of God. Trembleth at God's word. We could take it even further in Deuteronomy chapter number 4 and verse number 2. At the beginning of the Bible ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, which is which I command you. Revelation at the end of God's word, for I testify you, chapter 22 and 18 and 19, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Paul, here, as he says these last couple verses, as he writes the end of his his letter, he says, Oh, Timothy. You know, Paul wasn't just saying, like we might say to each other, Oh, maybe I would have a conversation with, Oh, EJ, you're nuts. Oh, Madison, that's, that's nothing. That's really not, don't even worry about that. It's not one of those statements. Paul is pleading, oh, Timothy. Timothy, please hear me, Timothy. One of the commentaries that I read said maybe there was a, maybe T- Paul felt or thought that Timothy may have been drawn away. Maybe Timothy was being urged, being encouraged by by some of the wealth and some of the things that were going on. Maybe he was starting to give in a little bit, and, and Paul was urging and pleading with Timothy. I don't know, and we don't know that, but Paul was pleading, Oh, Timothy, Timothy, as others have pleaded throughout Scripture. Jude, in the book of Jude, just a small few verses is that book, it says to contend earnestly for the faith. Second Timothy, Paul says again, guard your treasure that has been entrusted to you. Guard the treasure. Listen, God's word is a treasure, and we're going to get into that in just a few moments. God's word is a treasure that has been entrusted to us. This morning, we're wrapping up all of the book of 1 Timothy. And there's so many topics and so many things. We've looked at... Uh, Teaching no other doctrine, we've looked at at Paul charging and commanding and encouraging Timothy to fight the good faith. We've looked at uh, how we should pray and pray evangelistically. We've looked at at how uh, uh, what an elder is, what a deacon is, and and if they are good or or Ill, all those things. We've looked at how women should should respond and act, and we've looked at uh, so many different things. We've looked at how Paul said some will depart, some will leave this faith. We've looked at how to honor widows. <clears throat> we've looked at so many different things. This morning we close. <clears throat> and I pray that it's a, a challenge to us. I pray really it takes us to the next phase, next steps. I believe in some regards as we've come here, we've been here now for uh, since March. We've been in this building since March. In the next several weeks we'll, we'll be out of this building and going into a new facility. We've kind of laid some foundation as we've been here. Kind of some preparatory things. Because the reality is, if we don't do some things, this is our church from now until whenever. People will come, people will go, but this is what we have. We need to stand on the truths of the Word of God. And as we'll learn over the next several weeks, as I'm getting ready to go into more evangelistic and outreach type of messages for the next several weeks, we need to go. We need to get up. We've taken this. We've we've learned some things. And we need to go. I pray this morning this will be a challenge. I pray it will be something that we, we can look at. And how am I to handle the truth of God's word? First Timothy chapter 6. Starting in verse number 20. And we'll finish in 21 this morning. If you have your copy of God's word. We'll read it. And then we'll pray this morning. Oh Timothy. Keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. And he says, grace be with thee. Amen. Father God, this morning I ask, I ask that you would speak, I ask that we would be challenged, I ask that we would be. Willing to apply to our own hearts and to our own lives what you have given to us. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you. I'm assuming you brought that this morning. What was it, two weeks, three weeks ago and I couldn't speak and I didn't have water. And now every week I have a water sitting up here. The first point this morning is keep watch. Keep watch. Keep watch. Paul says here, and he's writing to Timothy, O oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. You may or may not believe this, but my introduction is probably the longest part of my sermon. I've got three quick points in these two verses. And you might get out of here in time to watch the 12 o'clock game. Just for you, Brett. any rate, keep watch. Paul again is pleading with Timothy to watch. I've made reference to this multiple times throughout the book as we've read and we've studied different words. Paul is writing really a, milita- a military type of a term, he's writing to that keeping watch or to guard. All of us do these things within our lives in some way, shape or form, uh, in some way, shape or form. We watch out, we, we look out. but Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's pleading with Timothy, and he's saying, "Hey, take this and guard it." Take it and and watch over what God has given you. If we were to take that one little step further, it says here again, keep that which is committed to thy trust. So we look at a, we have a military term in guarding and watching and, and keeping guard of something, keeping watch of something. Then we come to the end of that little portion of, of that phrase there and it says, thy trust. Now to you and I, when I read something about thy trust, I'm thinking to trust somebody or to think, no, this is looking, this is financial. This is financial. Listen, at the end of the service, now it's not as easy to do here, but at the end of the service we will take a, a collection and we will do the tithes and offerings and the men will take that money and they will go somewhere away from everybody else and try to kind of, as protected as it can be in this facility. We don't have offices, we don't have that. But they go away. That word, thy trust, is deposit. To guard over the deposit. To watch over the deposit. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, Paul is saying, Timothy, oh Timothy, let me beg you. I'm I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to guard over that deposit that God has given to you of the Word of God. Let me ask you this morning. I'll be real honest. This was very convicting as I read it to understand it in a greater manner. How much do I take? How much do I even realize or recognize that this is a deposit that God has given me? He's deposited the Word of God, the truth of God, the inerrancy of His Word. He's deposited that to me. And my job, part of who I am, is to guard and protect it. I would ask you the question, how important is the Word of God that we would guard and protect it in our homes. That we would guard and protect it in our hearts. What does God's word say in Psalms? He says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. All throughout Psalm 119, up and down, all over Psalm 119. It speaks of the word of God being, being so, uh, something that we should just cling to. Something that we should love on Something that, it's a treasure. It's a, it's a, there's so much stuff. Just in one psalm. But it's all throughout scripture. Paul says guard it. Watch it. As I was reading one of the phrases that I read. And it was speaking more specific to pastors. But he says the Christian message is not for the minister to work out for me. But is a divine revelation committed to my care. Of which I'm to pass on unimpaired. Let me say that again. The Christian message is not for me, the minister, to work out for me. When I work through a message, I pray, one, that you're able to receive it. I pray that I make it clear. I pray that I make it applicable to your lives and to my life as I study and I work it out. But as I work it out, it's not just for me. But it is a divine revelation committed to my care. As a pastor, God's word has been committed to my care. This is what I'm supposed to. Number one, I am to pray and study God's word. Those are the two biggest things that a pastor is called to do. Really the only things that a pastor is called to do. To pray and to commit God's word. To my care of which I'm to pass on unimpaired. My job is to take this word of God. God and to study it, and to know it, and to love it, but not just for me, but to then give it to you, and it says unimpaired, pure. I'm not perfect. I'll promise you that. But as I stated earlier, the one thing that I will be held accountable for when I stand before God, it's how I handled the word of God. Listen, those, I know that we don't have all the Sunday school classes and all the things at our facility right now. But when those Sunday school teachers taught, or when you go to a small group and the Word of God is taught, we're held accountable for that. Listen, men, in your home, you are held accountable for sharing and leading your families according to the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, For our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness, but in guile. It says this, But as we were allowed of God to be in, to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. 1 Corinthians 4, let, let a man so account of us as of ministers of Christ and what? Stewards of the mysteries of God. Man, I am allowed, just this this blows my mind. One, as a pastor, but as just a as a man that's able to read God's word, that's able to study it, that's that's to be held accountable for it. It says, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust of the gospel. Man, that should give everybody in this room goosebumps to some regard. You've been allowed. We've been allowed of God to be put in trust. We are called to be stewards of the mysteries of God's word. Listen, we are to guard the deposit that's been given to us. The truth of God's word has been deposited, has been put into us. Many of you sit here every single week. You've been deposited the truth of God's word. Some of you, you read God's word. I pray that you read. You have a time every week, every day that you read God's word. But we've been, we've been given that. And we're called to, to guard it and to watch over it. Let me just say it like this. Really, everybody in this, in this room this morning, whether you're a father or you're a mother, every night before you go to bed, most everybody in this room probably has some type of a similar routine. One of the things that I do, Mindy usually goes up. She checks in on all the kids. I don't do that. I don't know why I don't do that. But she usually goes into each one of the rooms and she kind of checks on the kids. Sometimes I do. But anyway, she goes up. I usually go behind and I'll check every door in our house. Making sure the sliding glass door is locked up. I make sure the front door is locked up. I go to the garage. I make sure the garage is locked up. And then I head Upstairs. I'm guarding, I'm watching to the best of my ability my home. We all do it. I have children. There's parameters when th- which they're allowed to go. Hey, if you go outside and you take a bike ride, here's where you're not supposed to go. We guard them, we watch them. And when they do something they should not do, I scold them. Just the other day, Brinley took off and she went down the street where I, we tell them not to go. Brinley, what are you doing? You know we're not allowed to do that. I'm guarding. Why? I'm protecting my child. We protect them. We do it every day. Men, when you go out on a date or whatever, if you're with your spouse or you're with your children, you look around. We are aware of things that are going on, hopefully. You may not be able to do anything about it, but you're trying to guard and protect and watch after those that you are are accountable for. That's what we're to do with the Word of God. Guard it. Protect it. So we must keep watch. Second part this morning is we must turn away. It says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. This morning... We are to be on guard and watchful of the truths of God's word. But in that process, it is very real that that Paul, or what Paul wrote, that we are to do so with a pure conscience, as he wrote all throughout Timothy here, and a loving heart. And then we're to avoid certain things. You know, one of the easiest things to do is to get into an argument over something that's absolutely, I don't want to say worthless, but small and minute that doesn't, is not profitable for any of us to get in arguments over. Do you realize most of us, even if you were to take this, say, make it, make it, we could have a marital counseling right here in front of everybody. Anybody want to volunteer? No, I'm just kidding. But the last argument that you had at home, that you just had a blowout, you realize probably most of you can't even remember what it actually was about. Or it was something so incredibly small Because of time that just built up and built up and built up and built out. It really, the argument, not that any argument is really profitable, but it wasn't profitable for anything because you got finished, you were angry at each other, and then you kind of looked at each other and was like, why did we just do that? Was that thing really worth what we just had that, we, we just didn't talk to each other for two days. Was it really worth that somebody spilled something on the floor? It was last year we went to the conference, and the guy that stood up, he gave the testimony of, of his family. And I think I shared this. They almost got a divorce. This this is not a joke. He said, we almost got a divorce because his wife was so clean, neat freak. And he thought it would be fun to dump pretzels all over the floor. He had all of his friends over, and they were doing something, and there was something whatever. And she said something, and he dumped all the pretzels on the floor. It blew up to the point that they were almost to the verge of divorce. You say, well, that's dumb. That's silly. No, but you realize that's the arguments that people leave church over? It's the arguments. Here, what does Satan want? One of, one of the greatest things that Satan wants is your mind. How many times do we fight and argue over things in the word of God that are not profitable for us to argue over? There's so many disputes in the churches. Why is there a Baptist church and a this church and a this church and a this church? And there's all, you know, we're going to be in in heaven one day with people that are not just Baptists or independent fundamental King James only Baptists. There's going to be people in heaven that are Presbyterian and Methodist and in all different forms. But do you know why we have all those? Because of this profane and vain babbling. Because I got angry. And so because I got angry, I went over here. Do you realize also it says in this passage, vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely. So as we get into this, and and I'll explain, but these things, it says profane and vain babblings. If we were to look at what that is, profane is literally to be trodden, is similar to a threshold that we would just trodden over or to be hallowed. It is, it is basically having no interest in God or the things of God. Vain babbling is empty discussions, much talk about nothing. Both of those things. Have you ever gotten into a conversation with somebody that's a little bit more intelligent than you? And you really thought you knew what you were arguing and you left and you were like, wow, maybe I'm not right on that. You ever had that conversation with somebody? I have. Have you ever had it over the word of God? And you left almost questioning and doubting where you stood with the word of God. Because of something that was so trivial. That's really what this is talking about. Satan wants your mind. Everybody in this room. Listen, I believe with all my heart there are people that are, I don't want to say called, but they are called into those types of things. Ken Ham, if you're familiar with Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis, they, both, they just built a big ark in, in Kentucky and Cincinnati area. They built a life-size size ark. They have a creation museum, Answers in Genesis, uh, so you can go through the, the creation museum. Then they have a life-size ark right now. I believe that Ken Ham has a calling on his life for the apologetics of the Word of God. I, just, I, I genuinely believe that. I'll be real honest that is not my calling I'm just not that intelligent to be real honest there's people in this room I know Jeremy I'm not trying to pull you out but I know Jeremy comes from a background that has more of an atheistic background he has a desire a passion to share Christ in that regard because that's where he came from I feel like a buffoon half the time when I open those conversations sometimes I I just do Because oftentimes I know where those lead. God's word says to basically watch out. Hey, turn from, avoid that stuff. Because why? Because oppositions of science, that word science is speaking of knowledge, falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. That second point is very small and very, I guess, simple. But turn away avoid. Why? Why should I avoid it? I should avoid it because there is a real danger. And the real danger is that it would be easy to turn away. It's easy to look at God's word and say, this is one of the, I'll just use this illustration just because it's fresh in my mind. I've been reading it. This pastor that stood, he said, there's no, there's no fact archaeological fact that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. I'll be real honest with you. I am not going to argue with an archaeologist whether the walls of Jericho came tumbling down or not. That's a great story. I will stand firm on the truths of God's word that God said, Joshua, walked around the walls and they came tumbling down. God will prove himself in his time. But the danger is that that man, and I don't know, and I'm not, I've not said his name, I don't know all the heart behind everything that he said. I'm just going from what the transcripts were. But here's my problem with it. My problem with it is this. If I say that the walls of Jericho did not come down and there was many, many other things that were mentioned, if I say that, then I poke a hole in the gospel, in the word of God. And if I can poke a hole in the word of God there, then I can poke a hole in the word of God here. And I can poke a hole in the word of God here. And where exactly do I stand? The danger is this, what it just says, that people leave because they engage in the knowledge and the intelligence in the the area of, I am so smart. Listen, there's a lot of people that are way smarter than I am and i would stand and i would tell you that you are way smarter than me but i'm going to be dumb enough to try to put my faith and trust in what god has said is truth you say well you have to be able to stand on it you have to. yes i am i'm doing my best to grow in god's word to know his word to be able to defend where i'm at but at the end of the day it's having a faith That God is who He said He is. That God did what He said He did. John says what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How can I stand and say, we need to just stand and teach that God, Jesus, rose from the dead and He resurrected, and that's where we need to stand. Well, if I can stand on that, then I have to either take John 1-1 out. Because if Jesus is God, and God is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and then it says that it is the Word, then I either need to take that all the way out, or I can't stand on Jesus dying, resurrecting, and also the Word of God not being real. Something has to give. Here's where I'll stand. And Lord willing, I'll stand with all of you is that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hey, as I wrap up this morning, this, how do I handle it? I am to do everything within my power as a believer that I am to keep watch And I am to guard this thing. And I am to learn it. And I am to know it. And I am to do all those things. I am to do my best to avoid areas that I I need to avoid. I am to do my best to recognize that there is a real danger that's out in front of me. And that real danger is that I can become so smart that I skim over the actuality of the Word of God. And let me do this really brief in my last minute or so here. It says this, or just a couple things, and you can write these down. If, you, uh, if I've gone too fast through any of verses, if you go to the, the YouVersion app, all of this stuff is on there in every verse. But let me give you just a couple things that we can apply to our lives in guarding the treasure that is the Word of God. One of them is this, believe the Word of God. Believe, simply believe the word of God. John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Secondly, honor the word of God. In Job it says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth. I have esteemed, I have honored them more than my necessary food. Thirdly, love the word of God. Psalm 197, or 119, 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Fourthly, obey the word of God. Obey, continue. God's word says in John, continue in my word. Then you are my disciples, John 8 31. Proclaim the Word of God. Second Timothy four. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Sixth, defend the word. Jude 1, again it says, as I read this earlier, exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And lastly this morning, study the word. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This morning, if you take nothing out of anything, As we wrapped up all of this, let me just go back to the first point. Guard God's Word with everything that you have. The only thing that we have is truth. Listen, our souls will last for all of eternity, and so will this. There will be a day, a million years from now, when we're all in glory, worshiping God. We'll still have this. My body will be eaten by worms or wherever, whatever happens to my fleshly body, my soul will forever glorify and worship and praise the name of Jesus, and I will have God's word with me the whole time. That's really the only two things that we'll have forever. Hey, let's let's take it and guard it. Father God, this morning. Lord, I pray that. All of this book that was taught was profitable for the, for the people, for our church. God, I pray that we would take it and we'd be able to build upon it. God, as we continue to press on, as we continue to move forward. Lord, I don't know what you have for Oasis in the coming years. I don't know that we'll ever see people more than two or three hundred. I don't know if we'll see thousands. I really don't know. But God, I pray that the one thing that would be constant at Oasis Baptist Church is that we would love the Word of God and we'd stand on it. God, maybe this morning someone sits here. Maybe they would have to say, Pastor, I've taken the Word of God too lightly. I don't guard it the way that I should. I don't love it the way that I should. I'm not not taking it as a deposit that's been given to me in my life and, and really truly guarding after it, watching it. Maybe today they would begin to take a hold of God's Word and watch it, to guard it, to protect it. That it would not be changed, but it would grow and it would move them, that they would be a changed person because of your Word. Maybe there's somebody this morning that sits here and Though I look around the room and I I recognize most every face, maybe somebody would say, Pastor, I've read the Word of God. I've tried to live a good life based upon some of the commandments and principles of God's Word. But I have never given my life to Jesus. I have never said, here I am, take me. I've never bowed a knee and said, Jesus, you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You are the Messiah. And Father, today, maybe there is one that would say, I've heard this, I know this to be true. And today I'm going to give my life back to you. I'm going to give my life to you 100%. I admit that there's wrong in my life. I admit that there's sin. And I admit it. in that, I need a Savior. God, come and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day.